no. Like, Hilario knows, like, every rapper in Chicago. Like, literally. Like, literally. I said something about a certain rapper who just did a tour in Ghana. And he was like, oh, let me call him. Hilario literally knows everybody. Shout out to... But nobody wants to get... Give him rap lessons. Nah, I don't need them. I got bars. Why is it, what is wrong with the 9 o'clock spot on WCPT that the the male hosts feel like they have bars? Dylan. Real quick. Dylan. (laughs) What is it with them that thinking they got, they, what are you, one of the top five rappers? We just gonna call him Dialog. His (laughs) name on the show is Dialog. 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 Top five alive. Shout out to uh, Silver Singles. (laughs) Um, you know, now I know where my 92-year-old grandmother could land. Um, you know what I'm saying? She's got hopes. This She's is delirium for being on the doors trying to get candidate elected for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> Welcome back. Happy New Year. Hilario is first time in the studio in 2023. How does it feel? We in here. Yo, I missed it. Honestly, I missed y'all. I missed y'all. I saw Dylan and, and my whole face lit up. And I saw Candace and... Yeah, my lit up. That's a lie. We see each other like every other day, and I'll talk to you like every three hours every day. Oh, man. I don't I, want to, but I like it. It's cool. You know what I miss the most? Talking to Chicago, man. Um, I had uh, an amazing... You, you know, you all, you all know a little bit about my, my personal life with my wife and I just getting married. We celebrated our honeymoon, and there's no place like this city. This city, man, is is amazing. Like, uh, love, love Chicago, love Chicago, you know. Um, but also, also real quick, I just want to give a shout out. I know Tara's not here, but shout out to all the Deltas. You know, happy happy Founders Day. Shout out to all the January babies. Yeah, all the y'all. AKs out tomorrow, the Deltas, the Zetas. I like how they used to say it in church. Shout out to all the Jan- the Kappas, the all everybody, y'all. all the January babies. Happy birthday. Um, you know, our sister Tara is a really, a really active Delta. So, of course, she went to everything and did not let anybody forget that it was the Delta's 110th anniversary. So, That's shout right. out to the Deltas. But right. shout out to all the January babies and the Divine Nines for all the black Greek or Organizations, what well, a lot of people who are not baptized in the black community, um, the Divine Nine organizations are something that goes so far past college mm. that people are very active in their organizations, right? Way past college, and they help bring other people up, not just in organizations, but the AKAs, the Deltas, the Zetas, the Sigma Gamma Rose, which are the sororities, have mentored black women through the years, no matter if they pledge or not. Um, so shout out to all the January babies. All the babies. Same thing with the fraternities. Candace, if, if I was, you know, obviously there's a problem or on my end, I'd of appropriation, which is why I'm in a Latino frat. But a question to you. If I was in uh, a, D, a, a Divine Nine fraternity, what would I be in? I'm not playing this game with you. <laughs> but but I will say there are Latinx brothers and sisters they in are. Divine Nine organizations. But let's get to the news real yeah, quick. Shout out, not only shout out Chicago, shout out Springfield. 
Shout big out. news coming from Springfield. Not just Bruno Mars. Like Bruno Mars was dope, but that wasn't the biggest news coming out of Springfield this this cycle, this lame duck session. So, what was the biggest news coming out of Springfield? Well, you had you had some a couple of good bills and really tough bills that were passed politically, right? A, a ban on assault rifles um, that was huge. So, shout out to all the all the electeds willing to stand stand up for that. Um, I know that was a a difficult difficult bill to get passed politically but it was the right one to do um so illinois is now banned assault has a ban on assault rifles so shout out to that um also we expanded women's uh, reproductive rights right with a bill that says um that we're going to respect the decision that women make with their health care providers because that's that's the only the only people that should be making decisions on women's body are themselves with their between them and their their healthcare providers. Um, so, pretty big bills that were passed um, in in Springfield this cycle. Pretty big bills that were passed in Springfield this cycle. Pretty big bills that will be passed going forward in the new session. Shout out to all of those in leadership positions, including our own state representative or head of the Black Caucus. Lakeisha Collins. uh, State Rep Lakeisha Collins, um, who always puts in work, who always brings the fire and bring the funk. And I don't think we've had her on the show yet. So we need to definitely get Lakeisha bringing the fire and bringing the funk from the west side holding the west side down um her and a good commissioner holding the west side down um but yeah but there's some other news that i think is the weirdest the strangest it makes me very very angry and i know it's mlk weekend and we'll get to that Mm. but in arkansas Arkansas. The new governor of Arkansas, she might sound familiar to y'all, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, mm. has passed a law outlawing the the word Latinx. Okay. This 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 is fun. Can you can you give us a expand a little context here? Why would you? No, nope, I can't. I, I I can't. It <laughs> I I don't understand it myself. I don't, I don't understand it myself. So can I say something on that? Here, here's what I will say: <clears throat> the Latine, Latinx, Latino, Latina community—they're um, not all in agreement on this. But here's where I land: say however you know, identify however you'd like. Just respect how others want to identify, mm-hmm. right? So if a folk, if if one of my siblings tells me, you know, I. I am Latinx. That's what it is. And it's that simple, right? And, and if someone else says I'm Latinet, that's what it is. And if someone else says Latino, Latina, that's what it is. Just respect it. You know, however people want to identify and, and, and for whatever reason they got. Um, that, that's where I land now on, on that conversation. Now, to even put th- something like that in law, I think it's just ridiculous. Not only is it a ridiculous, it's a waste of taxpayer money. You got better things to do. It's a waste of taxpayer money. It is a waste of ink. It is a waste of paper. It is a waste of researchers. It is a waste. 
I cannot think of a piece of paper that needs to be recycled faster in Arkansas than that piece of paper. Not when poverty is at an all-time mm. high. Not when they rank in the last 10 in education. Not when all of those things are it. You are worried about what a group of people want to call themselves. And you the governor? Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's clearly an abuse of your position. You know what else is an abuse of your, uh, of of position? The email sent by Mayor Lori Lightfoot to teachers uh, soliciting for them to ask for volunteers from high schools in exchange. There's a, a tons of problems there, but in exchange for class credit. You know, Hilario, we'll get into this more later. I'm excited. But I gotta I gotta get this off my chest. You know, I'm I'm like the mad rapper right now. And I'm going to I'm going to take my hat off. All right. As you don't have a hat, the political person. I am going to go back to 17-year-old Candace. Oh, snap. I don't so know. So 17-year-old Candace did a program through the YMCA oh, that okay. was through the schools called Youth and Government. Mm. 17-year-old Candace and 16-year-old Candace was a lobbyist for the state of Illinois through the youth ledge. So I wasn't working with actual legislators. Mm. I was working with the youth that was elected state reps and state senators. So I was going to my colleagues and getting them to vote on bills that other people wrote. And yes... If you all know what the do-gooders corner is, I was still in the do-gooders corner as a kid in Springfield. So, so fast forward to that next year, 17-year-old Candace wrote legislation. If you would like to know about the legislation I wrote that got sent to the Supreme Court and ruled unconstitutional, we can talk about that later. But I wrote legislation. At 17 years old, it's in a bill book for that anniversary year of YMCA Youth and Government. You want to know what I do today, Hilario? I am the political director for SEIU Healthcare. I actually do the work in helping to craft legislation. I do the work in helping to pass legislation. I've done it at the city level and the state level. And it has worked with federal people. I'm saying all that to say, if we want to give kids uh, experience in government and politics, then we will put programs like youth and government and model you in back into our regular public schools. You know who do this? Schools in the suburbs. Not working on a mayor's campaign who can't get volunteers. Mm. That's what this is. Mm. That is an abuse of our youth, period. If we want to give our kids these experiences and if we want to let them know that they can change the world, then let them do it. Let let your 16 and 17 year olds write bills, because as much as Hilario think he got bars, our babies got bars. That's cool. Can we get the burn, 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 burn? Yeah. So speaking of that, let's get into it. Yo, we have an amazing caller on the line, uh, CPS teacher, Nora Flanagan, um, a, a, a comrade of mine, someone that I am I am honored to call sibling. Um Please well, welcome this amazing teacher on her on a Sunday out here calling to talk to us a little bit about the, the emails. Nora, are you there? Good morning. Good morning. I am. Good morning. Thank you for Hi. joining us. 
Uh, I'm so excited to be on the line, and I was so grateful to hear that previous speaker's uh, point about how we can help our students civically engage. That was beautiful. Yeah, Candace is all right sometimes. Thank you, Nora. I mean, I will say this. As a kid, I went to private school, which that's a whole nother thing that we could talk about. I went to Seton Academy in South Holland, which is closed now, which went viral last week. But, mm. but I was, it was only, it wasn't that many black or brown children. It, it was no children that did not go to Morgan Park Academy or I want to say, and not the public Morgan Park um, or um, I think it was a Latin school. Mm-hmm. So it was Seton, Morgan Park Academy, and the Latin school that were schools in Chicago or close to the city that represented any Chicago faction for YMCA's youth and government during that time. And it's only gotten worse, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, Nora, did you actually get one of those letters from the mayor's office? So, I did not. And uh, along with a couple other colleagues who are, are really engaged with, you know, uh, supporting our students and, and civic engagement, we felt a little left out. But <laughs> a number of my colleagues shared the email with all of us on the staff. A few of them sent me screenshots uh, I, I think we're at 10 or 12 and counting just at my school wow. uh, received it. So tell us when you when when you all were getting these emails, when your colleague, uh, sh- your colleagues were sharing that they got the emails. How did you react? What was your first reaction to it? Uh, absolute disbelief. <laughs> mm. um, absolute disbelief. There was a there was a, a an email chain off the CPS platform among our faculty and staff, where we all just were volleying messages back and forth about who had received it, trying to make sense of it. There was a lot of, this is wrong, yeah? Yes, Mm. yes, yes it is. And then we started basically to each other and and, um, among ourselves in conversation, uh, cataloging all the ways it's wrong. Because one of the things I found interesting about the coverage was it, it definitely focused on the ways it was most wrong, but I think I think there were about, I don't know, a half a dozen more nuanced ways this was absolutely unethical, if not also illegal, to do. Wow. Like, we didn't talk about the fact that the email is also recruiting everyone. It's not just for students. In fact, it doesn't specify high school students until that bizarre line about offering credit from Lord knows where. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's a general recruitment email. So the first time I read it, I thought it was trying to recruit us, and it's not not recruiting us. If you look at the text of the email, mm. it's, it's wide open to all volunteers, which is this whole other kind of unethical to recruit from CPS staff. So there's just my Sorry, mind I goes go on and on about all the ways this is wrong. No, this is great because my my mind goes to so many places as well, right? And uh, we can we can do the entire show on breaking down all the. <laughs> All the parts of how this is wrong. Um, I, I do want to get there. Uh, Nor, please hang on the line. We'll be right back after sure. this commercial break. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. And we're back. So, Chicago... Mayor Lori Lightfoot's campaign sent out emails 
to... It wasn't her campaign, Hilario. It was a young staffer (laughs) that just happened to be the deputy campaign manager. manager, Who's a young staffer who's a deputy campaign manager who sent this out not once, but twice. And not only to Chicago public schools, but to city colleges as well. So, you're right. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. So, Ms. Flanagan, I got a question for you. What do you teach? Tell me about you. What do you teach? I teach high school English. You teach high school English. And in your high school English classes, what what grade level do you teach? Uh, I teach all four levels, but mainly sophomores and seniors. I'm sorry. Sophomores are very hard people to deal with, and seniors, and they had graduated in, like, August. they're my favorite. Oh, my God. I think teachers are special people because teenagers, especially high school teachers, because teenagers are very hard people to deal with. In fact, I have a 12-year-old who just, whoo. So can you just tell us, what is it like? teaching high schoolers, uh, Nora, uh, you know, the campaign sent out emails thinking that high school teachers can just kind of make this happen and make students uh, volunteer. But w- what's it like teaching high schoolers? I, I love teaching high school. This is my 25th year in the classroom, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I love this work. I love the youth of Chicago. I am mm-hmm. fortunate to teach at a school that draws from all over our great city, so I love I love all of Chicago, and I love all of Chicago's kids. They are very astute. They are mm-hmm. engaged. They mm-hmm. are they are sharp. You can't put things past them. Mm-hmm. Uh, students who had heard about this news story <clears throat> commented on, you know, this is the same mayor that has not listened to us about anything that we've asked for in our schools. This is the same mayor who's continued to cut funding and uh, starve out our schools and make us compete with each other. And so uh, this, this did not sail past their perception. So that's my my favorite thing about teaching high school is just how sharp these kids are. And I saw that in their reaction to the story. So in in their reaction to the story, what was curious for me was the extra credit. Did anyone, students, teachers, even ask if, if, will I get this extra credit if I work for a different candidate? Um, oh, no, we never got that far because no one could quite figure out to what the email was referring when it said credit. Because um, I want to I want to be specific. It didn't say extra credit. Right. It said like credit. Like, yeah. like that seems to suggest course credit. Mm-hmm. And none of us have any idea what that would look like. And the mayor was pressed on it. I think I, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. I think it was Sarah Karp from WDEZ that pressed the mayor on it in the press conference she had about it. And she just kind of blew off the question like, I don't know, I know colleges do that or something. So Maybe they do. I'm, I'm not real sure, but high schools don't. So, wait, who said, so I'm pretty sure this is how it goes. And teachers, teachers, please tell me if I'm wrong, but the department and the school set what you get credit for academically, right? Yes, yes. So the mayor's office will never can't or a government official can add they can't bestow course credit. No. no, no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's right. And but it says in the email, students are eligible to earn class credit. Right. Almost like as if like they just decided or they can decide what students could get credit on. And we're talking about an election that's next month. That's right. So how... 
was there going to be a proposal for a course? Was there, like, mm-hmm. is there some access to credit like that that in 25 years I've just never heard of? Right. Like that, that was wild. And that was one thing that actually made me think this sounds like it's more aimed at college people. Because elsewhere in the email it says you don't have to be a political science major. What 14-year-old is a political science major? Right. What a mess this email was. And I'm, I'm glad students um, were already contrasting, you know, based off of uh, the mayor's past actions, because we as teachers also were doing that, right? It wasn't too long ago that uh, two two teachers from George Washington High School who um, were, were getting their students civically involved in environmental issues in the neighborhood, issues that were directly impacting them, were being threatened um, and actually were, were about to be fired, right? The mayor wanted to fire them because they were doing that. Um, nor did you have any reaction to that? Absolutely, because that action by those teachers was not in support of or, frankly, even directly against one politician. It Mm -hmm. was against an event that was going to come to their community and harm people. Right. And that almost got them fired. If I had sent this email to my students, to my colleagues, to parents, to to anyone on my CPS email, I had sent an email like this, I would be fired. That's right. And I would not have the grounds to defend myself like the two teachers did who were protesting General Iron. So that was also mind-blowing. Like I said, there's there's so much about this email. Yeah, that's right. So I know that you teach English, right? Um, But are there any civic engagement programs in your high school or in Chicago Public High Schools right now that you know of? So there is um, Mikva Challenge, which is at, at... I think almost every school um, coordinated by a social sciences teacher. We have it at our school. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's one of the few we have. I heard what you were saying before I jumped on about a lot of schools have lost things like Model UN. We did. We've lost a lot of our civic engagement programs due to budget cuts, but we do still have Mikva Challenge, which helps coordinate, among other things, voter registration drives and election day vo- uh, judges. Because high school students of a certain age can volunteer as election judges. We do that. We do civically engage our students in nonpartisan, non-candidate-specific ways. That's ethical and within the bounds of what every single teacher knows we are and are not allowed to do. We have to complete training every year on what kinds of political activities are okay and which kinds are not. So we know which kinds we can help students find and, and make available to them. This just ain't it. Right. That's right. And and I'm glad students are being civically engaged. And then there's a part of me that, again, says it has, you know, in this case, it's an organization apart from CPS. Right. It's not CPS figuring it out. Um, it's another organization that is stepping in to fill in the gaps, which we as Chicagoans do over and over and over again. We have to step in and fill in the gaps because our government isn't doing um, what they're supposed to. Since Lori, since Lori Lightfoot has taken office, it's been a lot of student activity and lots of student uprisings. And honestly, more than I can remember of, and maybe it's because of the two years of COVID that students weren't in school and it just sticks out a little bit more, of students literally walking out of their classrooms in Chicago. So if we want to civically engage our students, other than working on a campaign, and other than MICVA, which is an excellent idea and an excellent program, 
what are some of the ways our kids should be civically engaged? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, I wish we could bring back some of the programs that existed in my earliest years in CPS that were lost to student-based budgeting. Mm-hmm. I wish we could bring back Model UN. And, and, I, and again, I'm not a social sciences teacher, but there have been other programs I've seen and other innovations and other partnerships, community partnerships and outreaches. And there have been internship and community work opportunities uh, for students. It's just things have become so pared down due to budget constraints that we're left with the bare bones and we're left with whatever partnerships or or things we can make work for little to no money. So I'd love to see some of those old programs come back. Thank you so much, Nora. Nora, is there anything else that you'd like to share today? Um, maybe any any lasting thoughts? Oh man, I have so many thoughts about this. But <laughs> the last thing I will say is, I really think we need to pay attention to the mayor's reaction to the uproar over these emails hmm. because I think it was Heather Sharon that pointed out, and she's the one who first broke the story on WTTW. Any time an elected official puts out three statements in an hour things are hitting the fan. And her first response was, everybody does this. This is fine. And then the second response was, well, out of an abundance of caution, we're going to stop doing this. And then the third one was, of course, there's a brick wall between, you know, my office and my election campaign and teachers. Well, literally none of those three statements are true. Hmm. So there's that. But let's also talk about, and Candace mentioned this too, the belittlement of this staffer. By the time she finished talking about it at her press conference, I was pretty sure this staffer had sent these emails from a high chair. She must have said, young staffer, so many times. Is this this a high school kid? So the mayor's response is on brand for the mayor. She threw another woman under the bus and and belittled her and just absolutely blamed her. It's, It's the mayor's campaign. She should have taken some responsibility. But anyway, like I said, I could talk about this all morning, and I know you all have other things to cover, and I'm I'm flattered that you had me on the show, and I'm honored to be part of the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you for the work you do with our youth. I, I will never separate my English teacher from my civics teacher because my English teacher gave me the funk and the fire and the books that we read to make me go to my civics teacher to do more work. So thank you for all the work that you're doing. From the bottom of our heart, thank, thank you, you so, thank you so much for for spending time with us today. Um, we really appreciate it. As as we all know, it's not it's not much that teachers get to to take a break. And uh, on your long weekend, you're speaking to us. Uh, thank you so much, Nora. Uh, thank you, and and you both have a wonderful Sunday. Right, you too. Do too. So I mean, we we didn't do this yet, but I really. I really want to take this time and thank our sponsors and talk about Chicago Teachers Union Foundation for a minute, right? Mm -hmm. So when people hear CTU Foundation, I don't know what they think, but we've had them on the show before. They are literally doing the work to pick up the slack Mm -hmm. that is not getting done by our school system. So when you talk about trade programs in high school, it's CCU Foundation and IBW that is helping to put a trade program in Clemente High School right now. And I don't think that people realize that. So this this 
today, I want to give a big shout out to that sponsor, right? Because when we talk about youth and government, when we talk about all these programs that have been taken out of schools, I am sure it's the brains at other foundations, but especially at CTU Foundation, that's trying to figure out how do we still pay for programs like this? Because another thing that was said that other mayoral candidates keep bringing up was is youth unemployment is at an all-time high. The email that came from the mayor did not say we want to hire youth mm. to work on campaigns. They said volunteer opportunity. Right. So there's even a sense there of the value or the worth of young people. What is the value of our young people? I think that goes through the fiber where CTU Foundation sees value in making sure that there is a career that is able to be had. Mm-hmm. The mayor is asking for free labor for her election from people who can't vote yet. I think that's really good, Candace, because it's CTU Foundation that over and over has stepped in to fill in the gaps when Chicago public schools say, well, that's it. Money's done. Like, we can't fund this anymore. Right. It's it's the foundation of teachers, our very own members um, who are stepping in and saying this is so important that we're going to continue to fund it ourselves Right. Ourselves, because our government's not doing that. Exactly. Exactly. And we got other sponsors that bring funk and fire, especially SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, uh-huh. Indiana, Missouri and Kansas. A shout out to Greg Kelly, who was on the show last week. Also, uh, Cook County Teachers Union 1600. Cook County College Teachers Union 1600. Let me just put this out there. They also got this letter and brought the funk and the fire of y'all not just going to use our students like this. Right. Right. And as a, as a mother, Candace, can you speak a little bit about what it would be like for you, um, you know, to have to have your your son get an email like this? It would be interesting because I will probably email back with all the questions. Look. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to say something on this show that I probably have never said in in 20. What was that? 20. Whenever JB first got elected, mm-hmm. I, I like Daniel Biss. I was a Biss girl and it was my son with the pre-rolls on YouTube who flipped my votes that I already got secured from friends and family and two teachers to JB. It was my child. Mm -hmm. It was not any other person. It was my child who did that. Now, if he got it, he would probably be interested in it. But my child said something to me the other day that... Picking him up from school mm-hmm. that will lead us into our next subject is, you know, they were asking about the Martin Luther King holiday. Mm-hmm. And what I said was, yeah, I love Martin Luther King, but there are some other people who should have holidays, too. Ooh. What about Malcolm X? Mm. What about Fred Hampton? What about Nat Turner? What about? And I almost cried. Because that means not only am I doing my job as a parent, that means my son's school is doing their job as history teachers. Wow. 
Wow. Wow. So your son in, in his own way was was pushing back against the status quo, right? And thinking critically, like, yes, Martin Luther King and X, Y, like just rattling off a list of others that should also be held in, in the same esteem. Yeah. Like it, it was it's an understanding that MLK is great for so many other reasons than a speech that was given five years before his death. Let me say that again, because y'all go put up quotes tomorrow. And, and especially the Republicans will put up quotes saying, oh, I don't want to be judged by the color of my skin, but for the content of my character. And that's why we should get rid of affirmative action. Mm-hmm. Y'all go put them quotes up mm-hmm. time and time and time again. And unfortunately... That ain't going to work. So when we come back, we'll talk about what the former show of this, uh, former host of this show will talk about. Brandon, Commissioner Johnson will talk about the three isms. So we're going back to that history lesson. Instead of just letting y'all get away with the content of my character and my four little children. We're not going to let y'all sleep there. Let's go. Let's talk about Operation Breadbasket, too. We'll be right back, back, Chicago. Change gonna come Oh, yes it will No represent, represent No Represent. Shout out to our other sponsors, the CFL and friends of Brandon Johnson, who definitely put in work. Shout out to Izzy, who is making sure that CFL is on the doors for all these great aldermanic candidates. And we got to talk about that more. We talk about the mayor seat, but there's a revolution going on in the aldermanic ranks. Mm. And we need to talk about that. We're looking at a new generation of leadership, y'all, and not just... Not just on the far south side, not just on the west side, on the north side, but this is a new generation of black, brown women who are all stepping up to the plate um, and taking up what's next. You know, I mean, everybody talks about who's up next and we need to look around and see that it's a new breed that's coming up next and be proud of this new breed and work and fight for this new breed. And a new breed that is a black and brown, shout out to Julia Ramirez, who understands uh, the isms, who understands racism, materialism, and what was the other ism? I, I, I know you on a roll, but I just want to say you're exactly right. A lot of the freshmen um, who were just inducted in Springfield, right, and we're going to get a chance to almost have an entirely, I would say at least half of city council will be new with how many um, city council members are either retiring or just not running again um, or might lose. Um, but you miss the other ism, which is militarism. So let's go go to it, right? Let's jump into let's it. Let's jump into it. When we talk about the police budget in the city of Chicago being over 40%, And we have mayoral candidates who are saying that we should increase the police budget. And one in particular, 
um, Dr. Willie Wilson, who said we should take the handcuffs off of police. When we talk about militarism and what Martin Luther King said about it, Mm. we are literally sending Chicago police officers with military style weapons into our communities. What does that say about priorities? I'm glad we're getting into this conversation because oftentimes on Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday and when we commemorate him, we talk about um, we don't talk about the radical Martin Luther King Jr. Right. We talk about the the nice um, at this point corporate side of him. But people don't a lot of people don't know um, or haven't learned that at the time of his death, two thirds of the American public did not approve of him. Right, because he believed in social democracy and fought against racism, militarism, right, and all of these isms that we're talking about today, right, and and so when you are talking about the 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 police budget and a lot of candidates and not just mayoral but aldermanic as well, because we're asking people to pay attention to that, saying that we need to increase the the budget for police, um, we really have to analyze that and we have to be critical of it, right, because. Oftentimes, candidates won't just say, we have to increase the budget. They'll say it in different ways. Mm-hmm. They'll say things like modernizing. We need to modernize the police task force. Well, we need to ask, what does that mean? Right? What does modernization mean? Does that mean spending more money on new cars, on more helicopters, on, on more weapons? Right? Well, what does that mean when we're saying modernizing the police task force? Because getting to what MLK was talking about... That's language of militarism. And when when we say things like that, right, are we talking about still holding on to um, technology like ShotSpotter that literally hears more firecrackers than it actually does shots? Regardless, crime in Chicago is out of control, and I'll be the first one to say it. We have a police clearance rate at 28%. That's like you paying your cell phone bill and your cell phone bill steadily going up, but your phone only works less than 28% of the time. Oh, that's good. That's good. So we're investing in the military of our city, but we're not investing in our children. Oh, I really like that. So that's like continuously buying the new iPhone, but your, you know, your reception still sucks. Continuously. Mm-hmm. Continuously, but you're not fixing the overarching problem. And then when we move to materialism, materialism is youth unemployment being at an all time high. It Mm -hmm. is bringing up the bridges downtown when we don't have when you were not protecting the neighborhoods in the city, you were protecting the capital, which is downtown. The property, right. You're protecting the property. Mm-hmm. You're, protect- you're protecting the material. It's not like our people or young people or any of the people work in a lot of these stores you are protecting downtown. That's right. And I think what we're saying, and, and, and please add on to this, Candace, correct me if I'm wrong, is... It's about investing in things that we have seen, learned, because research also tells us that is actually going to reduce um, gun and gang violence, right? And and 
and violence just in general across the city, right? It's investing in our schools and our parks and our libraries, opening up mental health clinics, right? It's doing these things and, and putting the money there because we know that that's actually going to ameliorate the problems that our neighborhoods are facing. Exactly. Exactly. And the last ism that King talked about was racism. Mm. So, y'all know Audible is my best friend. Audible is my best friend. I'm busy. I'm a busy mom. Um, I work a lot. I'm busy. But we still trying to unionize Amazon, though. We are still trying to unionize Amazon. But while I'm busy, I do not have time to sit a lot of times and read. But I love the written word. So the book that I'm into now, and it's a 22-hour book, Lord Jesus, but it's The Warmth of Other Suns. And it talks about the Great Migration, Right. And in the book, it talked about the 1919 riots in Chicago. Mm. Basically, there was an invisible line in the water in Lake Michigan, and this young black guy swimming crossed it and was killed by the white men in a park. The police refused to arrest him but arrested a black guy for vagrancy in the park because a white guy told him to. And that that's what started the 1919 riots. See, when we talk about riots now, we're usually talking about black folks. Oh, they're rioting. Oh, they're tearing up their own community, which until the 50s and 60s, riots had always been white people, mm-hmm. for the most part, rioting against perceived injustices toward black and brown people. Mm-hmm. That is the basis of racism in Chicago and the basis of racism in this country. There were 13 whites killed in the 1919 riots in Chicago. We don't actually know how many black folks was killed in that riot. That's racism. Mm. Fast forward to when I was a kid and people from Bridgeport get mad at me when I say this all the time. Why? As a black woman, you will still never catch me in Bridgeport after dark. If you go to back to 1997 and a Lenar Clark beating where a black kid, it was dark outside in Bridgeport riding his bike was almost murdered by four white teenagers. Mm. And you know what their parents did? They got them out the country. That's racism. You know what's also racism? When three boys during COVID don't have their mask all the way up and they're outside playing basketball. Mm. And you have a mayor who tells them to go home and yells at them. You know, it's also racism when we can't find fresh fruits and vegetables in black and brown neighborhoods. Because, you know, nobody wants to put a grocery store there and calling it a food desert instead of knowing that deserts are naturally occurring and this is food apartheid. That's right. That's right. You know what else is racism? When you are building $700,000 homes in communities who has a median income of $24,000 a year. You know what else is racism? Sending a letter for extra credit home to impoverished Chicago public schools 
instead of offering jobs to kids that you know that doesn't have them. Come on. Come on. Take me to church. It's not it's not just race now. Mm-hmm. It's also classism mm. that's happening in our city. And we got to wipe that out if we want a future of our city. Okay. It is racism not to front fully fund a park district. It's racism to take programs because we only think black and brown kids, what, box, play football, play mm-hmm. baseball. And we take tumbling programs out of black and brown Chicago Park districts on the south and west side because okay. black kids don't do that. Brown kids don't do that. When we've been flipping on dirty mattresses our whole entire being. Come on. Or music and art, right? You take away orchestra. You take away sculpting. You take away these art and music classes because... Brown and black kids don't do that. We we have to know our children are seeds and we got to water them. Mm-hmm. But the most racism that is being played out in the city of Chicago right now has to do with our babies and not watering those seeds. We're talking about arresting children that are carjacking when in there's other neighborhoods that it would just be considered oh it's innocent fun oh they didn't mean it and we're talking about locking them up with grown folks what are we doing yeah i'm glad you're bringing that up because as a society we are addicted to incarceration and it saddens me to hear at these forums and debates that most candidates continue that that addiction right they're using language that is suggesting that we need to be harder tougher on crime instead of talking about being harder and tougher about making sure that we are investing our resources into our communities that are actually going to address these issues that you're getting at candace that are actually going to address the poverty the the folks that are unhoused um the food apartheid and i'm so glad that you said that because a friend of mine recently put me onto that deserts are thriving ecosystems right and and there is food in black and brown communities the problem is it's not healthy There are food options, but we're not talking about McDonald's and Burger King. We're talking about bringing in healthy food options that are actually feeding and nourishing our bodies and not damaging it um, and continuing all these health epidemics that we're looking at. You know, here's here's what grinds my gears. Right. We talk about racism during the pandemic. Our current mayor talked about healthy food options that black and brown people need to make healthier food choices. Now, you know where the licensing comes to get a cigarette license in the city of Chicago? BACP, her own department. Mm -hmm. Same thing for all these stores that have licenses to sell hot chips to juice and put cheese on your flavor hot to be. You know where they get that license from? The city. So if the city was so invested in that, why wouldn't there be conversations with these store owners about what they put there? Right. That's a very tangible solution there, right? When you have the leverage of being able to give out these permits, you can use that to have conversations with small business owners and say, if you want this, then you must also have healthy options. You must also sell fruits and vegetables and so forth and so on. 
you know, if we want the Chicago that we deserve, we need to continue to fight for that. Mm. We need to continue to keep the isms of Martin Luther King in the back of our head. Martin Luther King also said Chicago was one of the most racist places he had been. Mm. If we want to go forward, we have to remember our past. And we have to remember how the slums of Chicago have been disinvested in since the 1920s, since right. the 1919 riots. This did not happen just with the Lightfoot administration, the Emanuel administration, the Daly administration. Harold tried to clean it up. But even old Daly mm-hmm. was part of this where garbage was piling up in black and brown neighborhoods. And he said, let it sit there. We have to understand if we want the investment we want in our we need in our communities that we need to elect the political leadership that's going to make that happen. And we need to stay on them and stay with them. I love that. I love that. You need to stay on them. We cannot afford morally, spiritually or for our own lifeline to elect people who believe in militarism. Mm who believe in racism yep. and who believe in materialism. We have to elect people that believe and love the people of Chicago. Mm. If God says the same. Thank you, Candace, for t- bringing truth to power. When Sunday comes, we'll see y'all next week. Oh, 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 o